Welcome to the MidMichigan Pet Expert Talk Show Podcast, a program all about caring for your animal companions. Now, here's our hosts, Rick Pruce and Lee Cohen. Welcome, pet keepers, to this week's MidMichigan Pet Expert Talk Show. I'm your host, Lee Cohen, here with my co-host, the pet expert himself, is back from vacation, Mr. Rick Pruce. Good morning, Rick. Good morning, Lee. I had to yawn a little bit. I'm waking up. Hey. But, hey, let's get back into the saddle. Hey, I bet you had a great time up north exploring. And what were your observations of Mackinac Island? Well, you know one thing from uh, a pet store owner's perspective, I... The amount of uh, dogs that visit that particular item along with their people folks was amazing. Um, at times, I'd be sitting there on a, on a bench right there in the main strip, and you know, within 20 people, five dogs would go by. Wow. So, and of all sizes. You know, and uh, they, for the most part, I heard a little grumbling uh, between a couple of dogs, but for the most part, they all seemed to be getting along well. So that was good. And it almost seemed like everybody on the island was very accepting and kind of encouraging of the idea of these dogs coming on shore. So, you know, if you have a dog, bring it. If you have a bike, bring it as well, because uh, those two things seem to be in high demand or at least high popularity. Well, my concern was if you have plastic bags, bring those too, because between the horses, I thought that was what you had to dodge. But if there are that many (laughs) dogs up there. Must be that people are taking good care of the the, the dog side of it, because I didn't see any of that. But yes, we saw lots of horse apples. Yeah, I'll bet Lots you, of horse apples. I'll but then there's always somebody right there behind them. You yeah. know, they have a whole crew. There's quite a labor force. Although it seemed evident when we would go to some restaurants and such that uh, the way of doing things, they were kind of labor efficient. Um, uh, rather than having in one restaurant, instead of having people come to the table, you pretty much ordered it at the counter, even though it was a fancier restaurant, and it was just because the labor shortage. Right. You know, that's that's making you know ramifications throughout every community, including Mackinac Island. Yeah, no, it is. Imagine everywhere. the number of people that that requires to run that island and all of its tourism is just mind-boggling yeah it sure is well in your absence we did talk about dog behavior and uh thank you uh to janice milligan peters for sitting in for you she did a great job but rick this week's show i can't wait it's one of my favorite shows that we do every year it's uh not usual timing usually we have the show in february because the westminster kennel club dog show is in february but this year it's in june so we're doing the show in June. This mixes it up a little bit. You told me we were doing Westminster today, and I was like, what? (laughs) Westminster today? Well, we looked at the weather, and the weather is going to be great out there, at least for the first part of the show. So in the 70s, no rain. Uh, The dogs can't have it any better than that. No question about it. And to talk all about this year's show, we've got the MC from Fox. We've got Gail Miller-Beischer. Actually, she's not from Fox. She'll be on Fox. Uh, She's from the Westminster Kennel Club. She is their uh, head of communications, but she is as knowledgeable as they get and will give us a lot of great information about it. And then we've got Mark Yeager, uh, who is a local breeder and a KC judge and just someone who's very knowledgeable. So we'll hear all about the dog show. And like I said, I just, I can't wait for it. Yeah. Anytime I think we can get kind of a local voice that has a perspective and 
maybe an expert for which, you know, I'd, I'd say, Lee, if anything, um, if you came back in another life or another job, I think you'd want to be out there working one of these shows because uh, I don't know too many people that have the passion that you do, and you, you have a lot of uh, keen insight on these particular dog shows. So why don't you think about going out to Westminster? One of these well, days? it's funny you say that because last week I came across a book that is from the AKC. It's the dog book, and it was from the year 1947. And I was reading through it about a bunch of breeds that are still in existence and a bunch of instructions for training your dog and caring for your dog that are more relevant today than they've ever been. So it's just fascinating for those of us who think that everything is new. <laughs> some great things happened well before most of us were born. And it's yeah. it's wonderful when we can be exposed to them. So that's what we've got in store this week on the Mid-Michigan Pet Expert Talk Show on 1320 WILS. Sally Babbitt wants to help you plan for your pets. So it's very important that as a pet owner, we take care of two things. Come up with a succession plan for who's going to take those pets and also come up with a way to fund that. Sally Babbitt will work with you to make sure your pets find a loving home in the event of your death or incapacity. Because we all know, for example, I have a, a beautiful Great Dane and she's wonderful, but she also has some special health problems. So I understand that to have someone take her in is fine, but that's also a financial burden on them. And so I would need to think about setting aside maybe some money to take care of that animal and going further, how far do we go with our pet's care? when we're gone. Plan for your pet's future with Babbitt Legal. I am on West St. Joe Highway, 6005 West St. Joe. I am just conveniently located a quarter mile from the Big B. 517-507-3306. It's the Mid-Michigan Pet Expert Talk Show on 1320 WILS. Here are your hosts, Rick Pruce, a man possessing unparalleled animal care expertise, and Lee Cohen, who's also here. Back here with the Mid-Michigan Pet Expert Talk Show. And Rick, we have with us a returning guest on the line. I would imagine at this moment, she's probably one of the busiest ladies in America. It's Gail Miller-Beischer, who is going to be the MC of this weekend's Westminster Kennel Club Dog Show, taking place in Terrytown, not in Madison Square Gardens. Welcome back to the show, Gail. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Oh, it's our pleasure to have you. Uh, we we know how busy you've been, one of which is probably just finding your way around uh, the new location. Because, correct me if I'm wrong, this is the first time that the Westminster Kennel Club Dog Show is not being held at Madison Square Gardens. Well, it's actually the, yes, you are right. And the one thing that's different is that we actually, in the early days, did have a few other locations than Madison Square Garden. But this is the first time in 145 years we haven't been in Manhattan. So it is, um, you know, we're out in the country now. <laughs> well, what was it about that location that served your purposes so much better for this year's show? Well, of course, due to the pandemic, we had to make a lot of changes this year. And 
Uh, you know, our show's genu- generally in February in Manhattan, and that probably wasn't going to happen. Is what you know, when, in March when everything shut down last year, we kind of went through all the different scenarios. You know, what what if we didn't have a show and just did a virtual, you know, on TV type of competition? What if we went out of state? Because some states, as you know, were opening up earlier than others as far as outdoor events. Correct. So we went through all the different scenarios, but, you know, it really came back to um, Lindhurst Estate, which is very close to downtown, it's only 30 minutes away. And there's a long history between Westminster, dog shows, and the Lindhurst Estate. Can you elaborate a little bit on that? Like what sure. Kind of so one of the well, first of all, Lindhurst has been the host to dog shows on their grounds for over 30 years. So many of the local kennel clubs uh, did have dog shows there um, in the 70s and 80s. So the the location is used to having dog shows. They understand what it's about. Now, of course, our dog show is a much larger infrastructure than most. But And that's why, you know, our tent building and things like that all started May 24th. So we've been at this a while now. <laughs> Get ready for this weekend. <laughs> but as far as the Lindhurst estate itself, uh, the last tenant or the last owner were the, the Gould family, Jay Gould, and his children. And many of his kids bred and showed dogs, many different breeds, actually. Um, and they showed them at Westminster. And one of his sons actually judged at Westminster in the early 1900s. So there's definitely that connection. And one of the things we've been talking about uh, this week is many of the breeds that they bred and showed are still around today. And that's just because of the hard work of the preservation breeders who have kept those breeds alive. That's fantastic. Now, when it comes to this year's show, uh, how has the, I I don't don't even know what word to use to describe it, the dysfunction of the last year in terms of people being able to show their dogs and earn points, has that affected the number of dogs that are going to be turning out for this Westminster, or will it be just as big and just as glamorous as previous shows? Well, we have the exact same number of dogs as we had last year as far as the confirmation. We're a limited dog show, and so we only can take 2,500 entries in the confirmation competition. And we're an all-champions show, which means we don't have room, unfortunately, for puppies and young dogs that aren't champions yet. And so um, that's the same. Our agility, we have actually increased the number because we are outside and have more room. Uh, from 330 to 350 agility dogs this year. And, again, it's about space. You know how it is in Manhattan. It's tight. There isn't a lot of extra room. And so that's why we have these limits. But this year, because we do have a little more space, uh, we could increase the agility somewhat. And then for obedience, we have the top 25 dogs coming from across the country to compete in that competition. So So really, the dogs, the numbers are the same. The dogs are all going to be, you know, top-ranked dogs that have been out showing probably for a couple years. But as far as 2020, you're right. It was a very different-looking year in the dog show world as in the rest of the world. Um, According to the American Kennel Club, they had over 4,400 dog shows across the country in 2019. But in 2020, it was only 450 or around 450. So... Obviously, you know, many of the shows were canceled, 
and and not until the end of the year were shows picking up again. I'm just curious the the human participants. Uh, the dogs probably have maybe no real opinion on the matter, or or maybe they have a little bit more opinion because there's more grass to to kind of find a tree. But uh, I'm just wondering the human participants. What has their their reaction been? What is the overall comments you've heard? What's the energy like this year versus you know years before? Well, a lot of the exhibitors are really excited about it. First of all, they love that it's um, outdoors, and and part of that is because a lot of dog shows are outside actually, and so it, really the dogs are used to it. They're used to being outside for dog shows, and many dogs show better on the grass just because they feel you know, not as enclosed and they're in their natural environment, you know, versus Madison Square Garden. But uh, that said, the dogs feed off the energy. And so no matter where their owners or handlers take them, they're going to they're gonna be, you know, feel safe and, and comfortable because, you know, the dog show community travels from show to show every weekend generally. So they're used to outdoor conditions. And oftentimes you're, you could be in a, in a, a dusty um, fairgrounds, or you could be <laughs> you could be in a small high school gym. Dog shows happen in many, many different types of locations, and this is one of the grandest. Uh, so I think the exhibitors will have an uh, an exceptional experience. Now, when it comes to this year's show, how if you had to go through and talk about some of the favorites or some of the dogs to look for, I was told by someone that forget it, it's already over. The golden retriever is going to run away with it. But uh, something tells me it's not all that easy. So what should we expect <laughs> in terms of this weekend show? Well, that's the beauty of a dog show. Is you never know what's going to happen because the judges judge on the day. That is part of their, you know, their job. Of course, they study all the written standards and know what to look for as far as each breed. But then how the dog is showing that day matters. It does matter to a certain extent, especially in the group level. And then, of course, especially in the best in show level, because they're all fabulous examples of their breeds at that point of the competition. So really, if your dog is you know, really showing and really asking for it, as we say, then that can put you over the edge in the judge's mind. So having some of that pizzazz can make a big difference. But you never know what's going to happen, and that's the beauty of the dog show. And, and frankly, that's what makes our live telecast so exciting. You know, when we're getting ready for the Saturday evening group competition, I'm not going to know all the players that are going to be out there because – Judging is still happening until 4.30, and I may not have all the results by 7 o'clock. And, you know, unlike a basketball game or a hockey game where you know the roster of players, I don't always know the roster of players that are coming into the ring. So <laughs> that's part of the excitement of it. Well, but if you had to go through and talk about who are who are the, uh, I, I don't want to say betting favorites, because while the world has jumped on the betting train, I don't think necessarily the dog show is at that level yet. But bottom line is, who are some of the, the breeds to really look for in this weekend show? Uh, well, the number one dog coming into the show as far as national ranking, so dogs defeated, is a Samoyed, and it's actually a dog that was bred in Canada. So I know the, some of the owners, it has a few owners, and I know that the, um, some of the owners from Canada have been working their way to come down so they can see the dog show. The dog's already in the U.S. and has been showing here um, in the last year or so, so 
the dog's already here, but now it's just getting the owners across the border. But <laughs> but uh, the number two dog is actually a Lagoto Romagnolo, which is um, a lesser known breed. It's an Italian water dog, <laughs> and is. they're awesome. They're a great breed. And this this little girl, her name's Orca. She is so showy, and she actually uh, placed in the group at Cruft, which is a large show in England. And uh, so she's one to watch. We're excited to you know to see her and see how she does. And then I'm an English cocker owner, so I'm excited that in the top 10 this year, there are two English cockers that are um, in the top sporting breeds. And so, you know, that's that's always fun because the best part is really rooting for your breed, you know, the one that you have at home or that you grew up with. Right. No doubt about that. Now, I've heard that the golden this year is, again, really a fabulous dog. Tell us about that dog. Well, I'm not sure which golden you're speaking of because I, um, I believe that last year's winner of the sporting group, Daniel, is not entered, not showing this year. So I don't know if there's another one coming up. There's always a beautiful, you know, usually goldens have at least 40 or 50 dogs entered in the breed judging. So there are, um, you know, lots of contenders for sure. But it sounds like you have the inside track there, Lee. <laughs> or, or I've just been exposed to a great publicist, which I've learned in the dog show world <laughs> makes a great difference. <laughs> now, not since uh, we've been doing this radio show for a long time, and not since we had the, uh, was it a Puffin Terrier? Is that right, what it was? Uh uh, have we had a cooler sounding new entry and it was in, and it's, it's spelled differently, but it's pronounced beaver terrier. Um, you, you got to tell me a little bit about the beaver terrier. This is, you know, we have four new breeds this year in 2021 or newly eligible, I should say, meaning that they gained AKC recognition through in 2020. So throughout 2020, uh, the different breeds were gaining recognition, but the beaver terrier, which you're asking about to me is so striking because it's similar in shape to a Yorkshire Terrier, but the coat is different. It's not as silky and flat as like a, a Yorkie, and the head shape is different, and the attitude's different. It's a little less Terrier-like. It's more of a fun companion, not mm. quite as spicy necessarily, but they're beautiful. They're so smart. They're trainable. They're great companions. And they're really striking looking because oftentimes they'll have a lot of white in their coat, but then the dark, rich mahoganies and blacks that are placed on the face and on the back that really create a, a beautiful little breed. And if you, we, we always tell people if you don't want the long hair like a show dog, that's easy. You just clip it back, have a groomer clip it back, and they'll be as cute as a button. You don't have to worry about all the grooming. Now, Gail, let's let's get to some logistics because there's a lot of people who might be really surprised. Usually when you think about uh, the Westminster Dog Show, you're thinking about Valentine's Day. And <laughs> so with the timing being so different, where can people find the show on TV, on the web? I mean, how, how do we watch this weekend's great show? Well, all of the TV and, and streaming schedule are on we our website, WestminsterKennelClub.org. But Fox Sports is doing all of the coverage again this year. And we have daytime coverage of Saturday and Sunday on uh, FS1 and FS2. So we're excited about that. And then the Agility Finals and Best in Show will be on Fox. 
so we're really excited to have that larger audience. Last year we were on FS1, but you can either find us on Fox, FS1, or FS2. And, of course, we stream every breed competition live on our website. Well, that's great because uh, last weekend I had the treat of seeing last year's show uh, as a repeat. And uh, I got to tell you, it got my excitement right back where you would want it to be, which is wanting to see this show and, and wanting to know all about it. When it comes to the broadcast, who are you going to be broadcasting with? Who else is going to be on the air with you? So I will be in the booth with Chris Myers, who is known for his football, baseball, and NASCAR work at Fox Sports. And then, of course, Don Sturz will be on the other side of me, and he is a longtime fancier. He's judged at Westminster, and he judges at dog shows uh, around the country. And then, of course, our usual team that we have, Jenny Taft, who's also a Fox talent, will be the host again. And we're excited this year to add Sarah Walsh, who is another Fox Sports uh, talent and broadcaster who is going, going to be filling in as the sideline reporter and interviewing the winners. And uh, we're excited. We have a great team, and, and it's going to be a unique, unique uh, show. And if you could see the big tent, Lee, I think you'd be really impressed because <laughs> it is enormous. And Fox Sports did the interior. They built the interior. And part of the goal was to make it look like a miniature Madison Square Garden as far as the ring itself, right? So we want to recreate the same television experience that you would get at the Garden. Well, we're looking forward to it. Best of luck to you, Gail Miller-Beischer. We wish you well, and we appreciate your coming on the show today. Oh, thanks for having me. Tune in and watch. Oh, our pleasure, and we will. And Rick will continue right after the break on the MidMichigan Pet Expert Talk Show on 1320 WILS. Once in a great while, a streaming service comes along that changes the landscape of home entertainment, introducing Proust Pets, Ponds, and Water Gardens, a streaming service that changes the landscape of your landscape, featuring cutting-edge technology like running water, live fish and rocks with a download size between 50 and 5,000 gallons. And pausing your water feature is just as easy as walking away. All Proust Pets water features come with built-in theft protection, literally built into the earth. So unless someone plans on deadlifting your yard clean out of the neighborhood, your water feature is safe. Proust Pets can update your application anytime with new features, including more fish, vacuum and cleaning rentals and troubleshooting to keep your system running smoothly, visit Proust Pets in Old Town to learn more about the future of home entertainment. Kind of. Is it time to get your dog spruced up for spring? Give us a call at 333-WOOF to schedule your dog's day of pampering at Doggy Daycare and Spa. All of our grooming services include customized shampoo and conditioning treatments, individual attention, and we never, ever use cage dryers. Our spa specialists only use patient practices, making your dog's grooming experience a positive one. We offer convenient appointment times at both of our locations in Lansing and Okemos. Call us at 333-WOOF, that's 333-9663, to schedule your dog's visit to the spa today. Doggy Daycare and Spa, where the hip pounds hang out. Welcome back to the MidMichigan Pet Expert Talk Show, your number one source for information on taking care of your pets. Here are your hosts, Rick Pruce and Lee Cohen.
We're back with the MidMichigan Pet Expert Talk Show. And, Rick, we have with us on the line a returning guest. It's Mark Yeager, who is an AKC judge, a breeder, and uh, I would dare say one of the most known dog people in the MidMichigan area. Welcome back to the show, Mark. Oh, thanks for having me, Lee. Oh, it's our pleasure to have you on the show. Uh, we're talking all about Westminster. And, Mark, can you relate uh, to our listeners? What kind of experiences have you had with some of the dogs that you've bred at appearing in dog shows and at Westminster? Well, uh, we've actually only won the breed at Westminster once. That was in 2011 with uh, uh, a Ruby English Toy Spaniel. Uh, we've shown a few other times uh, uh, with a couple of, of them going best of opposite sex there. Uh, the, uh, the the venue is, well, of course, this year it's not Madison Square Garden, so it's a little bit different. Uh, but uh, just being there is kind of a, a whole different level of, of, uh, of awe in some ways. Uh, now, actually, the Lindhurst uh, estate where they're having this year's show is the place where we had our first really significant win uh, back in 1989 when we went best of opposite sex at the American Brussels Griffon Association's national specialty with our foundation bitch. Uh, and uh, it was her son and a granddaughter of hers that were the others that went best of opposite at, uh, at Madison Square Garden. Um, but uh, Karen and I have actually been attending that uh, as spectators since 1999. In fact, uh, our seats are only three rows from the floor, so we can actually talk to the handlers uh, as they're showing the dogs. Uh, it's kind of funny because the Doberman Pinscher is right in front of us usually, and the last few years it's the, the daughter of a very good friend of ours who's been the one showing the Doberman Pinscher. So <laughs> it's kind of a, an interesting sidelight there. Well, for people who have never been to the show or understand it, how do you think that the different venue will affect the, I'd imagine, more the humans to the dogs? I imagine it's just just a show. But for the human beings, how much of a difference do you think that will make? Well, of course, there aren't a lot of spectators this year, which is a really big difference. Um, and uh, the lack of having the, the cheering crowd is, for some of the dogs is going to be a letdown. Uh, they they really uh, get energy from the crowd uh, just as as any other athlete would. Uh, so that's it, going to make it a little bit different. Uh, and again, it's on grass uh, rather than the carpet at the garden. Uh, they may find that a little bit less disconcerting. The carpet is a little bit unusual. There are very few shows that actually use carpet. Yeah. Uh, but uh, uh, being in grass, yeah, that's something that a lot of dogs are pretty natural with, particularly when you get into the, like the herding breeds and things where they, they actually have performance tests that are done uh, uh, outdoors. And, and so big deal for them. They, they're, they're in their natural habitat, and they're feeling good about it. Um, the Pekingese, maybe not so much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for some of the little guys who are low to the ground. <laughs> yeah, we're going to hope that they've done a, a good job of, of, uh, of mowing. Uh, the, yeah. the grounds are immaculately maintained there, uh, so I don't see that as being an issue. But uh, but at outdoor dog shows in general, it is something that uh, that the smaller guys do have to worry about. The, 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 white, the white dogs will have little grass stains on their pads, too. 
Well, only if they slide. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm just curious. Uh, uh, you know the accommodations at both uh, with such a, well, I guess without the uh, crowds coming, then I suppose the area can handle the type of uh, intensity of traffic that would happen in an area not nearly as uh, probably well-prepared as uh, down, well, maybe not downtown uh, New York City, Manhattan. Well, Tarrantown is, is a fairly uh, well-developed area, uh, and they don't really, there are enough hotels in the area, for instance, that, that staying there isn't a, a particular issue. Um, and one of the big things always was the Tappan Zee Bridge getting across from the uh, uh, west side of the Hudson to the east side. They've actually replaced that bridge, and, and uh, it's much uh, uh, easier to trip now than it used to be. Gotcha. Um, but, uh, yeah, they, as far as uh, the physical arrangements, uh, it, it's, it's, it's really a good site for a dog show. That's great. And probably, it, it sounds like it would have maybe even a, a diff, different, but maybe a more upscaled atmosphere, no? Well, if you've ever seen the Lindhurst Mansion, we've actually you know, toured it a couple of times. Uh, Jay Gould put a lot of money into that thing, and it is just magnificent. Uh, so it's kind of sitting there over the ground looking at you. You're, you're in that area. Uh, they've got a, a Victorian greenhouse that is just spectacular. Uh, all the glasswork in it, um, and, and then the, the big wide lawns make for a good location for the the rings. I'm a little curious about how they're going to handle the lighting uh, for a, a nighttime show there, but I presume it's going to be a lot like the uh, the football games would be at, at Spartan Stadium, where they've got a lot of high power um, generators putting out tremendous amounts of light on the on the field of play. Right. Now, Mark, let's talk about the show itself in terms of from the judge's perspective. How do you differentiate and really go through when you've got a field of all champions? I just imagine it's got to be very, very tough to really judge superiority of one versus the other. Talk a little bit about what that's like at Westminster. Well, it's not, it actually isn't just related to Westminster. For instance, national specialties tend to be a lot like the, uh, the best of breed competition at, uh, at Westminster, where you're looking there, uh, for doing some Silverman pinchers, you're looking at, at, at about 100 or so champions. Uh, Westminster can't handle quite that many because they have the 2,500 dog limitation. But um, uh, you start to get really picky about the things that uh, that you particularly prioritize within the standard because each breed has a, a written standard that's been agreed to by its parent club and judges have been trained by the parent clubs uh, by AKC by experience what it is that they're they're looking for and so it, for instance in in, in the Brussels Griffons there are a few things that we're going to be looking for for instance the top line is going to be tremendously important. The, every every piece of the dog really has to fit together, and the dog has to be particularly happy with showing that day. Uh, you can have a dog that structurally is is exquisite, but if they're just their heart isn't in it, it's not going to uh, to do well. It's it's the, I guess the way it's, the dog was calling for the win, uh, and, and there are just times where there there's something. Uh, almost uh, ineffable about the, the particular way that the dog is, is presenting itself. It, it just draws your attention. 
Uh, now, the handlers are going to help with that. Uh, they're going to make sure that the dog is, is performing up, up to the, uh, the standard that's expected. But um, in a lot of ways, it's really no different than, for instance, when you're judging uh, the, a particular variety group where every dog that is in it has beaten the dogs of its own breed that day. Uh, and it's the best example that the judge who is doing that breed can send on to judging the group. And that's when, when we actually get to the evening shows, the dogs have been there. Um, and it's, it's just a very subtle thing sometimes. Now, and flip that around, sometimes there, there are a number of dog magazines that, that I've been getting the, the messages from them for the past month or so. Last chance to advertise before, your, your, before Westminster. Um, the judges, particularly the folks that have been chosen to judge Westminster, aren't necessarily influenced by advertising, but, but it's a game that folks play. They, they play up the, you know, the wins that their dogs have had and which judges have put them up and, and how many dogs they've beaten. Uh, uh, but there's, there's usually something about an individual dog that speaks to how you as a judge envision the standard being. Right. Uh, in, in, in a lot of cases, you've, if you've been doing it for a few years, and I've been doing it for almost 25 now, uh, there's you, you have this catalog of here are the dogs that I've seen. That, that how close does this dog come to what that dog was? Uh, and, and it's kind of you, you're starting to look at things like that. It's very subjective. It, it's it's worse than ice skating. Uh, <laughs> is the subjectiveness of judging. Um, but but that's that that that's kind of uh, in, in a nutshell. That's kind of baked into the pie, uh, just yep. what you need to accept. And I was just uh, in quick thought, and we can bring this up on the next next side of the show here. Um, I can't imagine there isn't a situation where you're at that impasse where indecisive takes over. Like there's literally no difference between the two. And when you come back, I'd like to maybe comment on that because I could find myself in predicament where I literally have no idea which of these two I might pick, especially when you're looking at the best of the best. But Right. Well, Mark, we need to take a quick break, okay. uh, but when we come back, we'll get your response to that. We're speaking with Mark Yeager, who is an AKC judge and successful breeder, and we'll have that conversation right here on 1320 WILS. If you're out of the listening area, you can hear the MidMichigan Pet Expert Talk Show live online. Go to 1320WILS.com and click on the Listen Live link. Almost every day, another customer at Liberty Coins in Frandor has an unexpected happy experience. When a woman was doing her spring cleaning recently, she happened to hear Liberty's radio commercial of another customer being paid much more than expected. She gathered together some items she was planning to throw away and brought them to Liberty. We found some jewelry pieces were solid gold or silver. She guessed she might receive $150. Liberty made her day when we paid her $800. 
What hidden treasures might you have? Pick up a free copy of our Cash in Your Treasures brochure in our store or view it online at libertycoinservice.com. For 50 years, Liberty Coins in Frandor has been the right place to go. I'm Tom Coulson reminding you to put cash in your pocket today. We're Liberty Coins. We're right on the money. Once in a great while, a streaming service comes along that changes the landscape of home entertainment, introducing Proust Pets, Ponds, and Water Gardens, a streaming service that changes the landscape of your landscape, featuring cutting-edge technology like running water, live fish, and rocks with a download size between 5 and 500 gallons. Pausing your water feature is just as easy as walking away. All Proust Pets water features come with built-in theft protection, literally built into the earth. So unless someone plans on deadlifting your yard clean out of the neighborhood, your water feature is safe. Bruce Pets can update your application anytime with new features, including more fish, vacuum and cleaning rentals and troubleshooting to keep your system running smoothly. Visit Bruce Pets in Old Town to learn more about the future of home entertainment. Kind of. For the latest news and information on animal care, it's the MidMichigan Pet Expert Talk Show. Here are your hosts, Rick Pruse and Lee Cohen. We're back here with the MidMichigan Pet Expert Talk Show. And, Rick, we've been talking this morning with Mark Yeager, who is an AKC judge and a breeder. And, Mark, we've been talking about the Westminster Kennel Club Dog Show this weekend. Now, if you had to give us some kind of uh, uh, answer to Rick's question, he was asking before the break about how do you get through the indecision that (laughs) he thinks he would feel if he were the judge when it comes to one dog versus the other. Yeah, uh, I, I'll go back to one of my mentors, Ann Rogers-Clark, one of the, the, the foremost judges ever in AKC history. Uh, her comment was, they don't get any better the longer you look at them. Uh, and and so at some point you just have to go with a, literally a gut feeling in some cases. I'm remembering at a time I was judging down in Lexington, Kentucky, and I had the dog that had won the uh, the Brussels Griffon National here, and the dog that had won the breed of Crufts in the ring, and tr- trying to choose between the two of them. And very somewhat different dogs. One was rough, one was smooth, of course, to make it even more difficult. Uh, and it finally got down to, okay, one of the things that's uh, what we call a drag on the breed is the foreskull. Uh, there's sometimes a lack of sufficient foreskull for what the, the breed standard calls for. And so I decided, okay, let's see the two of these guys, which has the better foreskull. And it's immediately evident when you look at the smooth what their foreskull is like, but you actually have to get your hands on to the, the, the rough to feel where that, that foreskull is, because the hair does do some covering up. And I had heard rumors that, that the, the rough dog was groomed in such a way to enhance the way his foreskull looked. So it was kind of, you know, what really is under there? And I put my fingers up there, on, on, and, and it turned out, yes, he really did have the better foreskull, and he won the day that time. Right. So you, you just you, you kind of pick a particular thing that is likely to be a differentiator, and you go with that. Uh, we had a judge a couple weeks ago down in Marion, Ohio, um, who told me quite literally he was judging mostly on what the the face looked like. 
where the nose placement was. And uh, uh, it turned out that they, one of the, uh, the, the bitches had a better uh, nose placement than my specialist dog, and so uh, she got the breed and I got best of opposite sex. And, you know, it's, it's just that little thing. Um, that's not to say that any, any one of them couldn't win any given day, uh, because they can. Um, you can go best in show one day and not get out of the breed the next day. We've seen that often enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's just, it's a very, again, it's a subjective thing, and sometimes it's a spur of the moment thing, but one of the important things that they drill into us in judges' school is don't look indecisive. Right. Uh, don't look you, indecisive. Right. You, yep. yep. Interesting. Make, it, make up your mind and go yeah, with it. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that certainly makes sense. It sure you know, does. No matter what you're thinking in the back of your head, like, oh, crap, I can't make a difference. <laughs> <laughs> you got to have that view. Yes, you are the better one. <laughs> You have to point, yeah. Well, yeah, and, and that's what you see even in the Westminster, because that's mainly the oh, public's yeah. main access is to these real popular dog shows. And you get this, whether it's a woman or a man, that, that, that struts up there. And, man, do they exude confidence. I mean, it's just, mm-hmm. you know, it's just like they have this particular, their arm, but it's like a stick that just kind of says, you will be anointed the the victor and uh and then everybody just accepts it and well and that's going to be more difficult without having a crowd because sometimes the crowd can influence that so it will be interesting now mark if you had to pick certain breeds that you think are going to stand out at this show what would they be well again uh uh, we'll probably be looking at the havanese again uh the the Pekingese is always uh, a, a good contender. Uh, German Shepherd, certainly something to be considered. Uh, and Springer Spaniel would be another one that I would be paying attention to. And what is it about those dogs? Are they just particularly good representatives of those breeds? Or yep. is it that the breeds themselves just tend to show well in a comparative uh, sense? Have a bias. Well, that is that is unfortunately the, uh, one of the things that you'll notice that there are something on the order of 200 breeds represented, and 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 yet only a fraction of them have ever won Westminster. Uh, there are some some breeds that just poodles, for instance, uh, and I forgot to mention, of course, that poodles will be uh, the poodle will again probably whichever poodle wins is likely to be a contender. Uh, there are just some breeds like those, the fox terriers, that. That, that tend to be a little bit more, uh, how shall you say, showy. Uh, uh-huh. and, and, and so those breeds tend to do better than, for instance, a, a Labrador Retriever, uh, a very popular breed, undoubtedly, because, of course, it's number one in statistics, but uh, breeding uh, ownership statistics, but uh, uh, kind of plods if you don't mind my saying it sure, that way, sure. where the, you know, the the poodle is, is actually springy is the word that they use in the standard to describe the movement of a poodle. Uh, much, much fancier. And so it tends to, to do a little bit better. Yeah. Uh, there, there are those elements that, that are there. There's, that's why the boxer is always a good contender in the working group, because uh, they are a very elegant breed. And, and the, the, the well-shown boxer of good structure is always going to draw somebody's attention. Um, and they, they don't, and, and even the white ruff around the neck tends to make them more attractive. Uh, just subtle things that send clues to, to, to us as humans saying, 
we need to pay attention to that. That's important. That's 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 something we've got to pay attention to and, and, and take into consideration. And you know, unfortunately, that's that is the way it goes. Yep. Do, do certain breeds not have necessarily as wide of a like historical gene pool to work from, or as much potential oh. genetically uh, than other breeds? You know, is the is it, you know you might have the standards, but uh, with one breed, it's really hard for them to live up to, and another breed because of their popularity, maybe maybe that standard is more easy to meet. Or how does that? How do you it look actually, at that? It's almost the other way around. Okay, the smaller gene pools tend to be much more consistent. Okay. Um, just because that's the way the breeders have gone with them, uh, it, it, it's um, more focused. Uh, yeah, and and uh, they've been able to pay more attention to the particular dogs. It is easier sometimes to to get uh, a lot of good dogs in a breed like, uh, for instance, German Shepherds, where they'll have a litter of ten, uh, than it is in English Toy Spaniels, where you've got a litter of three. Um, so you, you have more to pick from uh, in, in the shepherd than you do in the English choice spaniel, but that isn't to say that uh, a particular English choice spaniel is less likely to be a champion um, just because there are fewer of them, because uh, that particular breed, and, and it's one that I know well and have owned over the years, uh, the, the breeders really pay attention to uh, what their standard calls for, and, and they, they breed to that standard. You know, Mark, we've only got about 30 seconds left, but if you can, tell our listeners what should they pay attention to if they're watching the show? Well, you want to be uh, watching as the dog moves down and, the down and back is one of the, the key elements uh, of how are their feet falling, uh, what is their top line doing. Of course, some, some of the reason the top line is supposed to be curved and it's supposed to be straight, so that, that's kind of a, a tricky thing if you don't know the breed. Um, but uh, watch for how they move because that tells a lot about structure, and structure tells a lot about soundness, and the soundness is, is part of uh, what makes a, a good show dog a good show dog. Fantastic. Well, Mark Yeager, thank you so much for your insight into this whole thing. We know you'll be watching uh, along with the rest of us this weekend, but unfortunately we are out of time. So thank you very much. Well, I appreciate you guys having me on again. It was our pleasure. And we'll, we'll, we'll meet again in the fall when we're ready for the Ingham County show. There you go. Uh, in the meantime, uh, Rick, I'm sorry to say uh, that's all the time we've got. So on behalf of our producer, Grant Lefebvre and Rick Pruce, my co-host in the studio, this is Lee Cohen wishing all of you great weekend, a great weekend. We'll talk next weekend on the MidMichigan Pet Expert Talk Show. Meantime, all of you, please, please take good care of your pets and enjoy the show have a great week hey get some ideas for a show questions maybe suggestions just email us mmpets at 1320wils.com or message us on our facebook page facebook.com forward slash mmpets yeah this is a story of famous dog but the dog that chases its tail will be busy 